My name is Jeremy Devins, and this is the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. And today I'm talking about this free workshop I'm hosting this week called Become Your Own Astrologer. Because years ago, one of my mentors was talking with me and he said, you know, you really shouldn't try to be your own astrologer. It's probably not going to turn out well. And I was like, well, I, I want to learn all this stuff. I'm super curious about my chart. I want to know what it means. So what do I do? Well, he, he said, well, you know, you just, you might not see things clearly. It's hard to be objective when you're looking at your own chart. And there's probably things that you don't know that you don't know, and you're going to miss them. So it was really from this sort of protective, caring sort of perspective that he wanted to make sure that I didn't end up looking at things and scaring myself, finding these things, thinking it means this, but it really means that, and I don't know. So it was coming from a very loving, kind, generous place to make sure I didn't end up like overthinking things, making a big deal out of things in my chart. Because there's a lot of stuff out there. You can go on Google and you'll see like your sati sati, seven and a half years of bad luck, some people will say. But when you know astrology more in depth, you realize like that's not always the case. And it's actually can be one of the most prosperous, positive times of someone's life. As an example, so I took that to heart and said, okay, you know, maybe I should just follow his advice and kind of follow and learning from him. And that was a great thing to do at that time. And it was very important to be in that sort of student role. But we all still do this. And I meet with people every week and talk to people all the time who are in this phase of like wanting to learn what my birth chart's all about. Okay, I got my free birth chart. I'm listening to these horoscopes. And a lot of what I'm doing here as this teacher of astrology on the podcast is trying to make this stuff very easy for you to learn and apply to your life because that's what I wished existed many, many years ago. So as you're doing this, you're going to come up against things of like, okay, well, what does this mean? And you try to interpret it yourself. Maybe you Google some stuff and you find some things. And maybe you do realize like, okay, I don't want to focus on the negative stuff. I'm going to focus on what I can do about it proactively, just like I talk about every week on the podcast. So you're essentially already doing it. You're already being your own astrologer. You're looking at the transits coming up. You're hearing about the full moon and how to work with that. You're hearing about Saturn retrograde and what that means for you. You're looking at your chart. You're putting it together. So you're already doing it. You're already being your own astrologer. And you could probably use a little more guidance to avoid mistakes. There's probably some things you know that you don't know and you know you're missing and like, well, what does that mean? Or what is this about? Or... Am I really interpreting this right? And that is where this workshop comes in this Thursday. If you're listening to it later, you can join the waitlist for next time I do it. Or if you're listening to it before it happens, you can get in there and check it out. Join us live. But essentially, what I'll be walking you through is these seven steps that you want to know about that I think are the essential steps to be your own astrologer. And if you do these things, then this is very achievable. Whether you have zero experience or many years of experience, you can do this in a much more intentional, smarter, safer way so you're making wiser decisions and not misinterpreting things and not making common mistakes. So among those things that you want to know, which I'll cover more in the workshop, are you want to know how to interpret your birth chart. And the first thing you can do is go to quietmindastrology.com slash free birth chart or just quietmindastrology.com and get your free birth chart. So you'll get that and a video about how to make sense of it, to begin to make sense of it. And even within that, you'll see it's like, okay, well, there's a lot more to this than just reading the chart. But that's where it starts. And it is very simple to just start there. And then you'll want to know what are the important details that you might be missing in your chart. 
Like, what about Saturn returns? Or what do retrogrades mean? Or what are these aspects that you might not know about mean that you want to watch out for? Because that's going to totally change how you interpret something in your chart. That's a lot to go into here in this podcast, but I will go into that more in the workshop. You want to know how to find your unique strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities in your chart. So just as an example, like somebody who has Sun in Aries can be very much a leader and very creative. On the positive side, that's a strength they have, but they can be impulsive on the negative side. So that's a weakness they have. And there's an opportunity to step into a role of leadership and focusing on serving other people and having other people working with you rather than you trying to just dominate over other people or be a dictator as the worst example of Sun and Aries can be, but on the best side, it can be a very great leader, right? So there's strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities in every single placement in your chart, whether it's Jupiter and Sagittarius or Saturn and Gemini or whatever it is, all these placements are opportunities and there are strengths and weaknesses that you have that we all have in different ways. And of course, this is why you can't just say somebody is a Gemini because they have sun in Gemini or they are a Cancer because they have sun in Cancer. That is way oversimplifying things and way misusing what astrology even is. So we don't go that direction, and I highly discourage that. And I talked about that in past episodes, like the common mistakes, the biggest mistakes I see people make. That's a good episode on that topic. And then next, you want to know like how to make decisions in sync with the universe, like I talk about on the weekly horoscopes. Like, okay, there's this transit coming up, and here's how you can work with it. Here's what you look for in your chart. And that is a big piece of being your own astrologer, is you're aware of, okay, Mercury is going retrograde on the 9th. So I want to make sure I take care of handling projects I want to start before then. And when that time comes up, I've got stuff that I'm going to catch up on, bring closure to old projects I'm going to return to, etc. That's just one transit. That's just Mercury retrograde among many, many other transits. We're always going through transits every single day. And as I now live by the ocean in Venice Beach, California, I go to the ocean and I stand in it and it just never stops moving. That is the real truth of nature. That is the truth of our experience here on this planet is it doesn't stop moving. If I go in the water in the ocean, I try to stand still, I get knocked back. And the more firmly I try to hold my ground and try to stay in one place and dig my heels in, the more strongly I'm knocked over especially the waves that we get here are pretty strong on the coast. And it's really fun to just let it take you and to just not push it back against it so much. And in fact, the more I let it kind of move me, the more I can actually kind of stand my ground and have a little more grounding if I let it move me a little bit. And why I'm saying all that is because that's just what these transits are about. Every day, things are moving, things are changing. And mentally, in our ego, and our identity, we can think that things are fixed. And you can look at your chart and see, okay, well, I'm going through Saturn return. So that's going to be difficult for two and a half years. And I'm going to have all these problems. And I've got all these concerns to worry about. Not true, right? It's part of the process. There are challenges, it can be difficult, but it can also be your biggest one of your biggest growth periods of your life, and a very positive experience overall. If you go with it, if you work with that transit, and just like standing in the ocean, when you kind of go with the waves, they don't hit you as hard. They don't knock you back as much. 
and you allow yourself to be moved by the universe. That's what being your own astrologer is all about, is you're aware of these transits, you're aware of these cycles, and you allow yourself to be moved and influenced and impacted by them and not dig your heels in or try to push back against them or stand up to those waves and not let them move you. That applies to so many areas of our lives. Our identity can get so fixed in so many ways and think, I am this person. And you, you learn your astrology and you're like, oh, I'm a Virgo rising, so I'm very detail-oriented and I'm organized all the time. And then you'll run up against transits, you'll run up into just life experience. You don't even have to bring astrology into it, but there are times when you're not organized and you're not as focused and clear and, and detail-oriented because we all have so many influences in our lives and we're just human as well. We have free will, we have choice in how we engage with the universe. It's not all just like this fatalistic predetermined thing we're just living through like a checklist. So we have this experience of living and being alive. At least we have that illusion that we feel that way. So are we aware of the transits? We're aware of these energies going on. We're aware of the weather. Like we know it's gonna rain so we can dress appropriately. But it doesn't mean that it has to completely change our day. It doesn't mean we have to identify with certain things that we have or don't have. But we can adapt and we're always moving and changing just like all the transits are. And then the last thing is I want to talk about in this workshop and I want to address here is that we want to apply all of this to improve and optimize our health, wealth, relationships, and purpose. The four main areas of life, all the way back to the Vedic text of 1700 BCE, the Vedas, that's the source text of yoga, Ayurveda, astrology, and so much more. They talk about these four aims of life that everybody, when you were pursuing those things, we feel fulfilled. We feel like we are living in purpose in our dharma. And that is one of the four aims, but it's our health, wealth, relationships, and purpose. If we focus on those, everything else tends to go a lot better, right? If we don't have good health, it's going to be hard to really live and enjoy life and get out of bed or do anything. If we don't have wealth, we're not going to have resources to really enjoy or experience life, to serve others, to serve ourselves. If we don't have healthy relationships, we're really not going to enjoy life. We're not really going to have the kind of connections that we need just as mammals, first of all, but as humans, as people existing and coexisting on this planet, relationships are everything. And then purpose is our sort of dharma, our work, our career but it's how we are using our unique gifts in service to others. And I always think of the great Martin Luther King Jr. quote of life's most pressing and urgent question is what are you doing to serve other people? And that's what our purpose is really all about. And if we don't have that sense of purpose, if we're just doing a job for a paycheck because we think that's what we need to have the wealth, to be able to enjoy our lives, then we have this low level sense of dissatisfaction that kind of creeps into everything and can really derail our relationships because we're not in relationship to our true selves. So we can't really be in relationship to others. And there's a whole litany of domino effects when we're not living in our purpose. So it's a really big piece of this. And probably the thing I talk to people the most about in readings is connecting to your purpose. And you can see that very clearly in your astrology chart of where you're going to have certain strengths and weaknesses and opportunities around purpose. And there can be a quite wide range of things. For example, somebody who has a very strong fifth house in your chart would likely do well to work in multimedia, such as being in film or acting or television, 
but they could also do really well in creative pursuits like being an author or writer. And they could also do really well just being a parent, not just, but that is their primary focus of being a parent, which is a huge responsibility in itself, of course, being like a stay-at-home father or mother and focusing on raising the family. Those are all examples of a very strong fifth house. And if there were several indicators in the chart, that would indicate that is a part of their purpose of the fifth house. So it's not fatalistic. It's not saying it has to be one particular way. And then when we're looking at charts as our own astrologers, as an astrologer, we're looking for multiple indicators, multiple things that validate that interpretation. Another example, I've seen this a lot when I work with like doctors, nurses, people in the healthcare fields, they'll have a very strong sixth house, like multiple planets in the sixth house, like the sun is there, maybe Jupiter's there. These are very strong indicators of purpose in the sixth house among other things, right? Don't just focus on those two things because I said them, but those are just two of many things. And they'll very likely be working in healthcare as a doctor or nurse or something related to that, or working in health and wellness, like an Ayurvedic practitioner or something like that. So we can see these things in a chart very clearly. And when I had my first reading many years ago, it was super validating. Like there was Somebody, uh, my astrologer who I worked with, didn't know me that well, just a little bit, because I'd worked with him as my yoga teacher, kept hearing about all of his amazing astrology readings from everybody who went to him, finally did one myself. And when we sat down, he knew all this stuff about my past that he just couldn't have known. I didn't tell him, nobody else around me told him, just like very personal details. And it was very validating and reassuring to say, okay, well, there is some sort of bigger sense and meaning and purpose to all of this, to all of the challenges I had in my childhood, very difficult childhood, and very sort of lost in a lot of ways of trying to figure out, like, what is, my, who am I? What is my purpose? What am I doing here? And do I really even belong here? Is it really sense of, like, a deficient root chakra, like the sort of lack of grounding and stability and security in my life. And it's all there in the chart even major teeth issues. I had so many teeth issues growing up. You wouldn't know it now because I've had so many procedures, but that's in my chart as well. Lack of father in the life, a loss of father, that's in the chart. So all these things are very personal details. He saw those and then helped me make sense of what I could focus on to improve upon these challenges and see how essentially everything can be expressing as positive, negative, or neutral. And we do have at least the illusion of free will to choose which things we focus on to bring out more of the positive influences of every placement in your chart. Another example for me personally is seeing that I had moon in Gemini in my 10th house of career and purpose. Moon, the mind and emotions in the sign of Gemini, which is very dualistic and very open-minded to lots of different ideas, and that shows, he said, you know, you'd likely have two different career paths. And this was well before I was doing what I'm doing now. I was an astrology student. I was uh, really just learning astrology at that point about 10 years ago. And a yoga teacher at that time, I trained with him and started teaching yoga. But I was still kind of finding my way. I was mentoring at-risk boys because that was something that felt like in alignment and service. And all that stuff, I could see it in my chart once I knew what to look for. It's like, okay, I see the path that I'm on. And it gives this sense of like curiosity about myself and then curiosity about other people. And then it really sort of takes the legs out of anybody giving you advice because 
their advice is coming from their perspective and their way of seeing the world and their birth chart and their history. And it might have nothing to do with your life. So somebody else saying, oh, you really should do this, or you really should be that, or you should really follow this, or you, you need to do this. You need, you need to be a morning person. You need to wake up and meditate every day. Maybe that is in alignment for you, but maybe it's totally not. And your birth chart just kind of validates these things. And the better you understand that and you know what to look for, and you're not like making these mistakes of misinterpreting it or not knowing what to look for, it gives you this sense of ease and peace and really the sort of freedom and choice of like, okay, well, I see what I'm working with. I see the, the hand I've been dealt here in the cards analogy. And now I have a choice in like what to do with it. It's not necessarily good, bad, or anything else. It's just what it is. And you can go a lot of different directions with it, right? Just because I have moon in Gemini in the 10th house of career doesn't mean I have to have two career paths. I do. I, I like doing multiple different things. I teach yoga and astrology now, and I've done that for many years. And I love having those two different paths, and it really lights me up. And I share that with some other people, and they're like, oh my God, I would never want to do that. I don't like, I would hate that idea of having all those different things going on, different projects. And to me, it's the opposite, right? I would feel too monotonous not having all that stuff going on all the time. Because of the Gemini nature, it's quick moving, it's business oriented, it's communication oriented. I love doing the podcast, I love doing the business side of things, and I love learning and love doing the mental sort of growth part of the whole thing. So that's in my chart, but your chart's going to be totally different. And even if you have the same placement, you could have moon and Gemini in the 10th house, just like I do. You'd be Virgo rising as well, but you might have everything else totally different. And how that expresses for you, it's going to be very different as well, because you got to look at the whole picture. You got to look at the whole chart holistically. And this is the mistake a lot of people make when like, okay, I want to learn astrology. I want to essentially be my own astrologer, even if I don't say that out loud, but now I'm going to look up all these websites and videos and listen to podcasts and you're going to hear a lot of different information so if you're picking up pieces from a lot of different places it's going to be difficult to make it all fit together it's like you're taking 10 different puzzles out and yeah they're all puzzles of the eiffel tower but the pieces will not fit together unless you're working with the same puzzle that's organized in a particular way and what I feel is one of my strengths is organizing all this information of astrology in a way that's very easy to follow step by step and based on real world examples. All the things that I say are based on real readings that I've done with people and real celebrity birth charts I've looked at. So all charts that I've looked at from my own research and experience and not just theoretical things. A lot of the stuff you'll find online is basically just theory. Unfortunately, there's a lot of that out there where it's just like an idea of what astrology is and not really based on real world readings and experiences. And if you look up some of these astrologers and see the reviews from their clients, you'll hear that their clients have said like, you know, he said this and that and none of it came true. None of it resonated because essentially they're not really basing it on real world charts and experience. And that's where all this information comes from. And what I think is my gift and strength to offer you is that I've organized it all based on 17 plus years of experience into seven essential steps that you can take to really start becoming your own astrologer and apply this stuff. So it's more organized, more directional, more intentional, and not just random bits of information 
where you have to figure out how it all fits together and then hear all this conflicting information. Fortunately, for the most part, most stuff you'll find about Vedic astrology is pretty consistent, right? There's, it's a great tradition. It's rooted in 2,000 plus years of history with some people say an unbroken lineage over 2,000 plus years. I don't know if that's really proven or not, but we can go all the way back to the Parashars, Horus Shastra and 600 AD. So all the way back to 600 AD, this source text of Vedic astrology talking about all these same things. So a lot of astrologers will use the same sort of principles and talk about the same concepts, but it comes down to actually applying it in real world chart experience. That is what I think is one of the strengths that I can offer you is sharing from real world experience, how it applies to you personally, and then showing how you can learn in a systemized, organized way which I think is a strength of a Virgo rising nature that I have and all the Virgo qualities in my chart where I love to organize and be detailed about things. And you might like that or not. And I've worked with tons of students over the years who have different backgrounds. So not everybody uh, is a Virgo rising, but I feel as just a way of learning any topic, it helps to have it organized and step-by-step, -step, right? If you go on Google and try to learn how to like install a faucet on your sink or something or bake a cake. You want an organized step-by-step -step recipe to do that to get a predictable result, right? You don't want to just hear a bunch of random things about how like if you use this much, these much eggs, uh, then this will create this effect when you bake a cake. You just want to know how to bake that particular cake. So uh, I like the metaphors. I'm sharing lots of metaphors today. But I like to walk you through step-by-step step of, okay, if you want to understand your birth chart, here are the step-by-step -step processes to do it. If you want to become your own astrologer, I'll share the seven steps you can do that. QuietMindAstrology.com slash seven steps is the workshop. QuietMindAstrology.com slash seven steps. You can sign up right now. Or if you're listening to this later, join the wait list for the next time I open up enrollment. I'm only doing it one time this year. And then it'll be opening again next year. It was my most popular workshop last year. It's super fun, really cool experience. And if you want to know how to actually be your own astrologer safely and effectively based on real world experience and avoid a lot of the common mistakes people make, check it out, quietmindastrology.com slash seven steps. Hope to see you there this Thursday. And thank you for listening and look forward to sharing more with you next time on the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast.